Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have an incredibly exciting interview with actress Ophelia Lovey Bond. She's incredible. I love her so much. You know her from projects like Elementary, the TV show. We're here to talk about her new show, Minx. She's also been in other things, in Marvel projects. But this show is so incredible. What she did with the character Joyce is some of the finest acting I've seen. I savored this show. I enjoyed every second of it. And if you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend that you blow through it because it's really easy to blow through in the best sense of the term and then come back and listen to this interview. Ophelia is an unstoppable force and the Academy and the Hollywood Foreign Press, please take note because what she did in this show is outstanding. I got so much love for you, Ophelia. Thank you for doing this and to the future. All right, guys, here it is. Ophelia, love you, Bond. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It means so much having you here. You know, I uh, I watched your piece, Minx, and and it's I, I I talk to actors all the time, and and you know, I feel like in today's age, we're so saturated with streaming and television that it's just like there's so many different things. And I'm an actor. In between being an actor and having this podcast, I have to watch so much. But this piece was like. I, I can't remember the last time I really savored something while like having the experience and just like your performance, it was unstoppable. I mean, it, it's hard to, it, it was like one of the most incredible things to see something as dense as feminism be assimilated into comedy and delivered like with depth, but also like be hilarious and catharsis. It was, it's one of the best pieces I've seen in a long time. And I've just been texting everyone about the show and you were, I mean, Yay. You were so good in this role. I mean, it was really just like a coup. There's no other actress in the world that could have played it. And I'm, <laughs> we're just literally meeting now, but I'm I'm just so fucking proud of you, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll take pride wherever it comes. That's fine by me. Thank you. But I'm I'm really excited to talk to you about the piece. But before we get there, can, can we start at the beginning? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Hammersmith, which is in West London on housing estate um that sounds posh I don't mean like Downton I mean like a kind of uh like like social housing like top boy um I haven't actually watched it oh it's about the housing estates in London so but probably yeah um I yeah so I grew up there and then we moved to Shepherd's Bush still in West London and again on more like more of another kind of housing estate social housing um with my mum and my brother and my sister uh, and we, yeah, we, yeah, we just, we've always been, it's West London until we all started having to try and find our own place to live. That's incredible. And, and what was your mom an artist? Like, what did she do? No, I don't know where I get this from. Um, um, the only person who was remotely interested in acting was my cousin, um, my cousin Sally, but no, my mum, uh, my mum was a psychologist. My dad was a journalist uh my brother and sister are not remotely interested in it we we the whole the acting started because i went to a kind of theater workshop a very casual drama club it, as up. a kid as a kid as a kid i started when i was 10 years old and it was it was in kind of the 
local, there was a cinema nearby and it was in a little space in the cinema and it was for all of the kids from the housing estates to kind of give them something cheap uh, wow. and entertaining to do. Um, I think it was 50 pence a term or something like that, just, you know, something nominal so it could be set up. And um, it was just a Saturday afternoon drama club and that's what we'd go along. And I, my brother actually went initially just for something to do. And then he said, oh my God, you'd love it. And I was convinced that I wanted to be a dancer at that point. So I thought, no, wow. I'm not going to go. And then went along and instantly fell in love with it, instantly knew, yep, this is what I want to do. Came home, kind of so overexcited, telling my mum, I'm going to be an actor, I want to be an actor. How and old were you right here? I was 10. I was wow. 10 years old. Amazing. But you just, but you when I mean, but I knew. You just, yeah, I, I imagine I the 10 same. year old. Yeah. But you, might, you think of like a 10 year old saying to you, Stop what they want to do. When I think of a 10-year-old now, I think, well, they're tiny. What do they know? They don't know what they want to do. And I realize the same as them saying you want to be an astronaut, right? You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just, my mum just kind of thought, okay, great, fine. That's, I'm, you know, not going to discourage her. But then sure enough, I was, I think I then booked my, I did a play the following year at 11 and then got my first job, my first TV job at 12. And she thought, oh, right, she's actually doing this then. Wow. Um, so the was, play all, get you an agent? I actually already had an agent. So the person who set up the drama club, his name was Andrew Braidford. He, it was called Youngblood Theatre Group. And he set up the theatre group and then he set up an agency and said, anyone who's in the theatre group who wants to take this seriously, then just you can be my client. So it was all very organic. It all happened kind of, I mean, I was very lucky that it just fell into it in that way. So he, yeah, I had, I had an agent by the time I was 12. Wow, so you got started really young then. Yep. <laughs> how did how did that feel, you know? Because, like, there, there's so much to be said about being a youth and, and having confidence, you know? Like, when you booked the play and jumped into your first proper gig, you know, was there an awareness of, like, wow, I'm really doing it? Or did it just seem like a natural progression of, of acting? Doing, when I, the first play that I did, it was a kind of big group ensemble play. We did Watership Down one year and then the following year we did um, The Jungle Book. And it was at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. So it was kind of, it was very, very English. It was very idyllic, you know, rehearsing these beautiful old rooms. And then we were performing, you know, in the open air. And it was to a big, big audience. I can't, I can't, it was, it must've been about 1500. It was a big audience. Wow. But there were just so many of you and it was all, you, you know, you're so young, you're having movement. We, you know, we had this movement coordinator who, um, who would teach us how to move like animals. And it just was so idyllic. And then the first TV job I ever auditioned for, I booked when I was 12. And I remember thinking that this was so, this is so easy. I don't know why people talk about acting being so difficult. It's just been a breeze. I had obviously no idea how, how <laughs> uh, that was not going to be the case. Um, but it was, but I was still at school. I didn't ever, um, I didn't go to drama school or, or anything like that. I didn't, I never kind of stopped my regular education. I would take yeah. time and, and do these shows and you'd have a kind of chaperone um, and tutor on set. But it was, it wasn't until it became, you know, my full time thing when I finished education that, you know, it, the, the true test of it came along. Um, was there a conversation yeah. with your mother? I mean, obviously, like, you go from 10 being like, I'm going to do it to, to actually working to then like, you know, I, you know, a, a lot of people could find the temptation to withdraw from school and just focus on that. Was there, you know, did your mom want you to make sure you got all the way through university? Or was there ever a convo about that? 
My mum never dictated one way or the other. She never, she, it was always up to me. I mean, I was quite a precocious child anyway, but I, I didn't want to leave education. I, I wanted to get a proper wow. education. I didn't, um, I didn't want to go to drama school. I did. I mean, when we would, okay, for example, when I went to do this first job and then every job after that, when I was still in secondary school, in high school, I would get loads of work from the teachers and I would always come back ahead of the rest of the class because I would do all of it. And then I would ask for additional work to make sure that I never fell behind on my grades so that that could never be a problem for my mum or for the school to yeah. stop me from getting to do my acting. I, think I just didn't want there to be any reason for anyone, whether it's my mum or family member or teacher or a director to say, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. I didn't want, I just wanted to take away any hurdle that could possibly get in the way. So I thought, right, well, if I do more than I would have been doing if I st- if I was in school while I was filming, then there can be no possible reason for them to say no to me for doing this. Yeah. And that kind of, that attitude I had since I was 12 and it just continued. Um, and then, and then even, yeah, I think when I was 16, I got offered a job that was, you know, a girl of that age who you know we grew up we didn't have any money um you know single mum bringing up three kids it was we there was no money um I got offered a kind of quite lucrative job but it would have meant leaving education and I also got offered a drama scholarship to a really prestigious private school and it wasn't even a difficult decision for me. I took the scholarship and just thought, well, I can I can secure other acting jobs. I wanted to get the scholarship and have that experience. And I was so glad that I did. And then and then the same thing happened. I finished that. I was working the whole time. I was always working. Wow. And then I finished that. And then there was the decision of whether or not to go to drama school. And I just thought, I don't want to go to drama school. I'd, I've already been working and doing this for yeah. years. I'd rather go to university and do English. And kind of knowing that I would act you know, forever, I just thought, how likely is it that I'm going to go back to university at like 40 or 50 and do an English degree? I'm just not going to. Yeah. Um, so it's something, and people kind of say, oh, was it something that you want to fall back on? It wasn't at all. It was It was already an end in itself. I mean, I was quite, you know, quite, not a geek exactly, but I enjoyed it. I liked it. So yeah. I just thought, right, well, I want to have more of this before I then spend the rest of my life spent acting I want to have a few years where I get to kind of have that university experience and read books and write essays and kind of figure out who I am without being on a film set. Well, that's incredible because this explains why you're such an amazing actress. You've been doing it for so long. <laughs> and I'm so curious, you know, on those sets, some people have to have learned by going to a school, you know, drama, and then some people get the chance to learn by doing. And one of the things I often ask actors that do the show is, you know, finding your voice and finding your confidence is something every actor goes through and it comes at different times. And I'm curious, as you were doing these jobs and you were youth and in your teenage years, did you develop that confidence organically just through the process of constantly doing it? Were there people that helped you and mentored you along the way? Yeah, I mean, I think you learn, but I mean... You know how some people kind of kind of can't watch themselves and they find it really yeah. difficult to watch themselves. I I found it quite. This sounds mean to myself, but I found it quite useful. I would watch it and kind of think, hmm, that didn't quite you didn't quite pull that off. That didn't quite work. You you didn't quite nail what you wanted to nail, and that was a kind of way of learning. And and you know I experienced extraordinary kindness from people on sets. You know people 
um, making sure that you felt comfortable. People were aware that I was so young, so there were lot, you know, any of the other actors, your the rest of your cast would be very supportive. Um, and I think, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of things I did when I was younger. I don't think I'm particularly good in them. <laughs> you just go, kind of oh God, what are you doing? But you learn, you learn through experience. And I think you start to, the good thing about it, obviously I have nothing to compare to because I haven't gone to drama school, but you kind of learn to feel when you know you've done it right. You, yeah. you know, you can kind of start to feel like, oh, I think I got, yeah, I think I got that take. I think I nailed that one. And then you, but, but you can also go, oh no, that one didn't work. And it's hard to, like sometimes actually Rachel Lee Goldenberg, who's the one of our yeah. directors on Minx, I would sometimes, I would never, I would very rarely ask for another take. You know, we were always up against it. We had lots of stuff to get through. But then when I would ask for one, she would give me it because she knew I only ever asked for one when I knew there was something else I wanted to do. And she would kind of go, well, why? You know, we're up against it. Why? And I would just say, look, it's going to take me too long to try and articulate it. Can I just do it? Yeah. And then I would do it. And she'd say, I'm so glad you said to ask for another one. That was the one. That's that's the one we'll print. And it's just, you just... I think that's what I've learned predominantly from working since such young age is kind of, you know, you kind of evolve and you get, you're trying to put all the different colours onto that sort of canvas. And then someone's trying to ask you, well, what is it you're trying to draw? It's like, let me just draw it. Let me just do it. And then in the final one, you kind of get the, they give the full picture. And it's, I think that was something I learned. It's just like, just do it. You, it's, (laughs) um, and, and, don't overthink it and um as soon as I start overthinking anything even if I'm doing an audition that's when it goes wrong yeah um it's such bland advice but it's so true just just get on with it don't overthink it like you know what you're doing yeah don't get in the way it's no it's beautiful advice and it's sage I, I do agree and I'm curious while you were building these credits you know was there you know, a, a, a respective actress's career that you were trying to follow? Like, were you turning down certain jobs to kind of build to an ultimate, you know, idealized level or goal? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> work is work. Yeah, yeah I get t- it. Yeah. You, you, yeah. yeah, you take what you can get. <laughs> I think... That's, I think that's quite a kind of romantic view of acting as, you know, that you're turning all things down left, right and centre. I mean, obviously, there, there are some jobs which simply you don't respond to and you have no affinity with but generally speaking I think when you're you know 13 14 15 you're you're not you don't really have the luxury of oh I'm going to turn this down so I can be like Christina Ritchie you know you 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 take the job you want the credits you want the I wanted the experience like I was aware that there would be times when I'd be on set and I didn't really know what I was doing I didn't you know and I thought well the only way to learn is to just go out on a limb and try it so the idea of turning down any work, especially in those first few years, just seemed completely counterproductive to me. Yeah. Um, as, I, as I've got older, yeah, you, you do become more selective, but it's primarily, I feel it's when I just don't respond to the material. It's, it's not because I think, oh, well, Judy Dench wouldn't have done this, so I'm not going to right. either. It's, it's always from the material. That's incredible. And I appreciate the honesty there. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, it, and maybe it's, maybe it's an American thing. You know, I know a lot of American actors kind of have that, you know, well, Christian Bale did this or, you know, uh, Meryl Streep did this at this age. And they kind of set these arbitrary goalposts that kind of inhibit an actor yeah. from working, you know? I just think if I thought that to me feels really luxurious. Yeah. I think 
And it is. I mean, you're, you're 100% right, you know? Yeah, if, if you've got, you know, 10 scripts landing on your desk, then great. But, you know, the reality is that it's such a saturated career that there's, there's it, um, job there's so there's so many of us and and so few roles especially for women there are still fewer parts for women and and more of us so it's the idea that you you know actors kind of going oh how did you kind of like hone what you wanted to do you can think well it, I just feel like I just feel like that's a little quite a romantic way of looking at it um I'm sure it does become it does it does become more like that. I'm just saying initially yeah. when I was younger it wasn't it wasn't like that at all. Um, and also I did, I did I remember actually the first time I ever came to LA, um, meet having general meetings with people and people saying whose career do you want? Yeah. I remember finding that such a strange question. I was like, well, my own. Yeah, I want <laughs> mine, not not anyone else's. You know, I I didn't know. I didn't I did when I first came to LA. I didn't have an agent. I was kind of very much just came here, went there, and just started trying to make it happen so a lot of the kind of questions were totally they were totally new and I didn't just didn't really understand what they were getting at and then when I would mention it to other friends who were a little bit older than me who also acted they'd be like oh they you know they were like oh we should say this kind of thing and you should you know pitch yourself here and choose someone who looks like you and all this oh no okay I don't want to do that because also you don't know the private conversations that Kristen Bell and Meryl Streep have had. You don't know yeah. what's really gone on. And it's like when people kind of do say someone's kind of an overnight success, you think, well, actually she's been slogging her guts out for about 15 totally. years, but this just happens to be the one that people like. So yeah. she's not an overnight success. She's been working really hard for ages. Yeah, no, that is incredible. And I, I really appreciate your candor there. And I do briefly <laughs> want, want to talk uh, about the university years because once you made that decision to focus on doing that, I, I love that. I respect that. I did the same thing, although I did study acting, but I dropped out. So that was kind of my experience of getting away from acting. I'm mm. curious for you, while you made the decision to go, were you were you strategically turning down work to focus on the time there or would you work during the breaks? No, I had to work because I didn't have any money. Yeah, it's um, so, so expensive. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's nothing like America, but it's still, like I do, I, I, I don't come, my, I mean, I'm quite well-spoken. I have quite a, a ridiculously posh name, but I'm, but I'm not from money. Um, and so the idea of, I, I had to work. I had to, I had to pay my rent. I had to pay for, for my fees and cost of living. So I, di- I didn't have an, op- I didn't have a choice. Um, but it would be, you know, trying to fit things into the half terms. And I do remember once in my second year, I was doing, um, I was doing a show in London and I, I was coming back and forth at crazy hours. Like I'd be kind of finishing at one in the morning and coming back to uni, sleeping for a couple of hours and being back at lectures at seven. And it was just, and I did that for about six or seven months. That was oh, intense. Stamina wise. How do you, um, how do you monitor that? How do you do that? You know, I mean, you're that's young. You're, you're, I can do it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're young and, it, and you just, you want to make it happen. But I did, I did say no to anything in the third year because I thought, right, I want to get, a, I wanted to get a particular grade and I knew I was capable of it if I applied myself. So I kind of saved up enough and kind of lived like a monk eating kind of pea sandwiches. Oh my God, I remember that was all I had because I, I was so strict with my budget. I had frozen peas and bread, so I just had peas. You mean sandwiches. literal, literal peas? Wow, peas because it was so skin. I thought I can't, I don't, I can't afford to work. I can't work. It's so Oliver Twist. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, 
but you know, it was it was worth it, and it's, so, it certainly teaches you the value of money. So I'm I'm curious then because I I actually have a lot of British actors that do the show, and I I have so much love for you know the UK and, and the culture there. For you, you know, at this time when you were you know 18, 19, whenever you graduate uni, was there a critical you know do I go to America or do I stay here? Like road diversion where you had to choose which way to go. Um, I think I was quite keen to go to LA, actually. I'd never been, and I had actually done a film in my second year with someone, with Jamie Dornan, and his first movie, and he was always going back and forth to LA, and I thought, oh, gosh, that's so glamorous. Yeah. And when I graduated, I thought, right, well, I, I should go to LA and get an agent. Um, and I did, but I needed to earn some money first, so I did some jobs in, in the UK, and then a friend, actually, someone who I'd worked with, was moving to LA, and he had a spare room, so I just kind of went and moved in with him, and... And did it that way. Yeah, there was quite a kind of um, definite idea that I wanted to see what it was like. And, you know, it's so, it's kind of the stuff of fantasy, Hollywood, yeah. LA. So, so I wanted to go there and see it from my own eyes. And it was it was kind of, it was a good, um, I was, the first time I went there, I went there for about nine months and it was a good recce. That's amazing. And, and, and did you, was that your first experience in America? Mm, no, no, I'd been to New York before, which I loved. Yeah, New York, um, that's think, where I live. It's it's incredible. But LA maybe, is such, yeah. such a different beast. So talk to me about, you yeah. know, all, you, it sounds like you had a comrade that you lived with. That's incredible. You know, that really helps yes. with the social. But the business is so brutal out there. How is that on you? Because it's just, I can't even deal with LA. It's just so it much. Was just, it, was, it was a bit crazy. But there were just things that, people would say that was so harsh yeah but I'm sorry I did, it's awful no but I can't yeah. but I did kind of find it funny I, I, I remember remember people saying what did they say people used to be really they just people would just say funny things they just like oh my god you're so weird looking oh my god you're so weird you'll never be a lead actress you're so weird what? I'm like and I just remember saying I look forward to proving you wrong. And, yeah. just, and they were like, oh my God, I love that. I love that you just said that. And you'd be like, okay, good, great. Nice to meet you. But thinking, what just happened? That was oh so my weird. God. But, but finding it funny, finding it, you know, I'd, I'd recount these stories and be like, oh my God, that's so awful. I'm like, no, but that is kind of preposterous that that just happened. Like that, you, that you're being viewed in this way that's not even, you're just sort of a headshot and you're just like a moving headshot. And I remember finding it genuinely um educational and realizing no I I think look that's true I think it can be really harsh yeah but I feel like you can decide how you will take it and I think you can just decide I think that's quite preposterous that they've just said this rude thing to me I'm either going to let it upset me or use it to fuel my fire you can decide how to take something. I do, and so I, LA actually really taught me to kind of go, uh, well then, great, if that's, your, if that's your opinion, that's your opinion, but I don't agree with you. Not that in an arrogant amazing. way, no, but just in a way of going, I don't, you don't have to let this upset you. You don't. It's, yeah. does, you, don't ha- you can decide to not allow it to upset you. What's the saying? You, you have to feel embarrassed to get embarrassed. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that, yeah, and that, yeah. that's that's amazing. I appreciate. I'm that. not that's, saying it was always easy. I'm yeah, just, no, I, I mean, know. Believe me, 
I get I, I get comments all the it. time on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, you yeah. like it just I think it was just an interesting I remember when I so when I first came out and then I and I as I said I was there for quite a long time and I came back and I met my friends in the pub and they're, they're actually two of my bridesmaids, you know, they're still my best friends and they sort of they were I went to get us a round of drinks and I came back and they're kind of, their heads were kind of, you know, like together. And then they kind of looked up as I came back to the table. I said, what, what are you you talking about me? And they just said, we just thought that you would come back and be really different. You know, we've, you know, you hear hear all these stories and we just thought that it would have kind of, I don't know, really changed you, but it, it, it just didn't in that way. I just kind of thought, I just don't, I don't know how to, I'm being quite inarticulate, but yeah. I just remember thinking, I think it can kind of eat you up and it actually doesn't need to be. People can be incredibly friendly. I mean, I also learned really good things in LA that everyone just is really, everyone compliments each other and people kind of say, say they do say like people in the street say nice things to each other all the time. And you, you I remember f- gaining confidence in that way and kind of just being quite kind to people actually. It was, it's, it's, uh, it's a very, it's not, you know, it's not a terrible place. <laughs> no, that, that, that's amazing. I, re- I really appreciate your viewpoint on it because that's a first for this podcast because LA it can be <laughs> brutal, but no, it's, it's great. I, I really want actors to hear that because you're a hundred percent right. And you said earlier, you did nine months there. Was there a decision at a certain point to go to New York or to go back home? You know, like obviously you worked because like, I know you did, Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy and, and Elementary, you know, at, at what point did you start moving around again? I mean, this was way before that. This was, I did No Strings Attached. Which oh, the, exactly yeah, of course. First met Jake Johnson. Um, that was, gosh, when was that? 2009 or 2010? Yeah. yeah. Um, something, something like that. I kept, so I think I did, I did No Strings Attached and then I came back and then I got a job in New York and I got Mr. Popper's Penguins in New York. So that was why I Oh, left. right, and with Jim Carrey, yeah. Yes. So I didn't really, um, I can't, you know, gosh, that's terrible. I can't completely remember what the impetus was to come back. But once I was back, I thought, mm, I don't think I want to live there. I really liked working there yeah. in LA, I mean. But I remember thinking, I don't think I want to live there. Lots of my friends moved out there. Lots of my British actor friends moved out there. And I just I just didn't fancy living there permanently. Um, you know, you do end up going there a lot for work. So I thought, well, that you have the best of both. You can kind of live in London near your friends and family and go off to LA or New York for work. Yeah. It's kind of, that's, that's, if, you're, if you're lucky, then it works out that way. That's amazing. And, and, you know, obviously being British, there's the West End and there's so much incredible Shakespeare at the Globe, not, you know, throughout the whole entire country. And I'm curious for you, having those credits as a child and then building those in L.A. when you came back, was there, you know, I know the money is not the same, but did you want to do theater? You know, like, was that ever uh, was that was that something that interested you? Yes, very much so. It was something that I was so keen to do. I mean, you have to remember that growing up in London, you know, you're London born and bred, theatre, there's always lots of offers on so that you, you could, there are affordable tickets for different price points. And it, even even when you're just walking around London going to auditions, there's so much theatre everywhere. It's just so rich with it that I always, that was a real dream. And I, and, um, but I want, but because I hadn't trained at drama school, it's just not typically. Yeah, they can be kind so of harsh, not, right? Like LA sort of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a, sort of a sweeping generalization, but there is a, a kind of, 
you're not road tested. You're not, you've not been proven. You're not a Lambda RADA graduate. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it can be tricky to get auditions. And I actually remember, um, saying, I I think I was kind of (laughs) quite, um, what's the word? I don't know. I was bemoaning it to to a journalist. They were doing a a story about something else. I was kind of saying like, I I can't get an audition for a theatre because I didn't go to drama school with what it felt like. And then someone, a casting director who was casting a play um, at the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield with Daniel Evans directing saw this piece and just said, oh, let's audition her. And it was just because I said this kind of offhand remark that I then finally got an audition but I thought oh right well I quite like that that it came yeah about you manifested moaning, it. Moaning yeah. it I manifested, I manifested it by moaning yeah. um and and then and then once you once and it went very well and it, people liked it very much so it kind of that then what was the piece if you don't mind door. me asking it was called The Effect it was by Lucy Preble okay. um it was she, I think it was first at the National, but we did it in Sheffield. Um, you know, Dan Eleven's directing it, and it's about um, uh, about these people that go into a kind of um, medical centre to to test a drug that is being developed to treat people with depression by releasing dopamine, which is the same chemical that's released when you fall in love. Yeah. And these two characters, one's on a placebo and one isn't, and then they start to fall in love and they have to interrogate whether it's real love or whether it's chemically induced. Well, now I have to read matters. this. Can I see it it's, anywhere? Was it recorded? Oh, no. I, they might. I think Billy Piper did it originally at the National. They might have a recording of that one, but you should read it. It's, it's, yeah, it's I got to read it. That's so relevant Pebble today. Writes, she, it's, it's fantastic. She's, she yeah. does. She writes for Succession now. She's very uh, Of course. That makes total sense. Jeremy Strong. Yeah. Love that. Um, <laughs> how was that experience for you? You know, having all these incredible set experiences and returning to, you know, back to the 1500 people play, back to doing, you know, where it all started. Was that, was there also, I just know, you know, I mean, it's the same for American actors with Broadway. It's such, it's, it's, it's just like a, it's a thing that you're proud of, you know, I mean, British, yeah. British theater is the most, I mean, that's where there in, in Greece is where it all started. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was, it, was yeah. it felt, it felt amazing to really, um, I was so excited. I remember, so yeah, I hadn't done a, prof, a professional play since I was a kid, you know, maybe 12 or something. So I, but I was just so excited and I just couldn't wait to kind of, get in there and do it. And it's just, it, they do, it does exercise completely different muscles. It is, you know, you get immediate feedback from the audience. You kind of work off that response to kind of, kind of temper what you're doing. And, and then the kind of the adrenaline is unmatched by anything else, you know, because you've got these actors and if something goes wrong, it's how you fix it. And, and it's, you know, that thing that people always used to say, oh, it's different every night. I thought, how could it possibly be different every yeah. night? I don't believe you. That's surely you're exaggerating. And sure enough, it is different every single night. Totally. Um, so that's, you know, I think no matter how much kind of um, screen work you do, if you enjoy stage work, then that pull will always be there because it does it does satisfy a very different kind of aspect of acting. It's um, live. It's quite addictive. It's the live. Feed, yeah, the feedback is immediate. You don't have to wait yeah. a year to be like, how did that seem? Yeah. Sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's amazing. And I'm so proud of you. That's that's incredible. And I'm Aww. glad to do that. And I, I really hope I get a chance to see you on the stage one day, whether in America or in the UK. Oh my but, God, uh, that would be amazing. I'm Broadway. Get, you and I will do one together. 
Um, I'm, How long be fun? I'll, I'll put it out now. They're putting the energy. I'm manifesting it. I'm moaning. I'm moaning. It works. Yeah, it does. That's I love that. At what point? Um, you know, because I just did a procedural. I did Law and Order. At what point did Elementary come your way? Because I know the BBC. There, there are quite a number of, of procedurals in the UK as well. You know, were you familiar with that kind of terrain? Yes, I mean, I was, but I hadn't. Well, it was my first, that elementary was my first American one, but um, I'd done, yeah, I'd done kind of shows like that when I was younger. Um, The difference, though, was that it was so, it was such a well-oiled machine. I remember that being so struck by that when we were working, because I did did half a season, that was five months in New York, and they were long but very productive hours, and Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller were just so professional and... I learned a lot on that set, just how slick and like everyone, like everyone was so on top of their lines. And it was just, it was, you know, you didn't want to be the the weak link in that. Um, and, you know, the writing is quick, you know, the scripts come thick and fast. And you've got to learn it and we've got to really be on top of your character and you don't know what's going to happen. And that was, that was new actually, because in, in the UK, typically you get all of the scripts at once. Yeah. Or at least so you, the arc of where it's going. You yes. know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, so that was my first experience of just not knowing, well, I was like, how do I pitch my character? How do I know what to do with her? And you kind of remember Johnny actually saying, well, just look at it in a different way that you, that you, you don't know what's going to happen next in your life. So actually working this way is helpful because you, you something this new thing happens. So you're kind of evolving as it happens. And it was, I actually ended up really enjoying working that way because you could add little facets that maybe weren't there before. You yeah. could the character evolves and then they, the writers kind of respond to what you're doing and, and then incorporate that into the character, which is really satisfying. That's amazing. And that's incredible. You were to have that experience, you know, they can be so expositional at times and it's really hard to live in the truth of that, but that's amazing. You were able to find that. So when you did that and you moved to New York, you know, obviously there are lots of other incredible credits that I would love to talk to you about someday, but to get to <laughs> what we're here to talk about and what I really want to talk to you about is Minx. You know, you said earlier you had met Jake. Were you guys friends before this came your way? No, we hadn't seen each other since we did No Strings Attached and that, and we didn't really have much to do with it. We had one tiny scene where we overlapped and then hadn't seen each other since then so the first time we saw each other again was at the rehearsals um but when I when they told me that Jake was doing it I was just thought that's the most perfect casting he's perfect he's perfect play Doug um and as soon as we started rehearsing with each other just the the kind of the bouncing off each other the energy was there the rapport I got I mean I was already really excited about the show but then seeing what Jake was doing with the character it just elevated it even more. And I just, yeah. it made me even more excited to be, to get onto a set with him. And, the chemistry and, between you, you just want to hang out with you guys. You want to be best friends. <laughs> it's such an incredible time. Over him. I, I, I mean, not since like, you know, Lucille Ball and, and, you know, have you seen such an amazing, you know, and you're not even really a couple. So it's just incredible that you had that chemistry because it, it just felt like you guys were best friends forever. And I'm curious, how did the piece come your way originally? Um, it was just, um, it was sent through. I was in LA promoting a film that I'd done, a Disney film. And the and I stayed for a few weeks afterwards um, and the script got sent through. I think it was in pilot season. Uh, and I 
could barely contain my excitement just I was kind of reading yeah. it as quickly as possible just thought oh gosh just you know you talk about this and you actually you forget the actual feeling you know when you read a script you just think this is you get so excited and you pray for writing script, like that your whole life yeah 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 and then because I, again, this is another thing with Ellie. I mean, again, it's a, I've, I'm, you, I don't know if you ever really mastered, mastered this, but to try and treat auditions as just an opportunity to do a bit of acting, yeah. to try and not overthink it, to try and not think, oh, but I hope they like me. Oh, but I hope I get it. Oh, I hope I get a recall. Just go in and all do what you are good at and control the controllables. You know how to act. You know how to do this. Go in, have some fun, and then just try to just leave it, leave it in the room. And sometimes you're better at doing this than others. But Minx was one of those who just thought, even if I don't get this part, I love this character and I'm just going to go in there and have a ball and do with her what I think should be done with her. Because you're excited to do it. It's not, it's not, exactly. like, it's not like shitty writing, exactly. like, how do I make this good? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, really, you want to bring the truth to it. And it's a, it, like that, the fact that it then did turn out, you know, favorably for me was, was just obviously a massive cherry on the cake, but it was genuinely fun just to get to even just doing it for that half hour audition or whatever. Um, and then, and then I did the audition. I was actually supposed to go home and then they called and said, they want to see you again. So you're going to have to change your flight. And I said, that's fine. There's no problem. Um, and it just, and then went in for the recall and it went really well. And Ellen was there, Ellen Rappaport, the creator, and she was just brilliantly funny. So sardonic. I just thought, Oh my God, this woman is amazing. And then COVID happened. So everything shut down. Before you even started rolling on a camera. So, yeah. So I auditioned for it in February and then everything, and then I had the recall in March and then everything shut down and I didn't hear until, I want to say October that I had the part. Oh my God. You had to wait that long? (laughs) That is torture. Who does that? No, what the fuck, man? That's insane. I like to call it delayed gratification. Oh my um, God. I'm so sorry. I can't even, I'd be dying. Especially when you're was, stuck in your room all the time. I mean, I know. I was just like, there's yeah. only so much gardening I can do to distract myself. But um, it was very, it was when the call finally came through, it just felt amazing. It was, yeah. yeah it was, that was a, that was a good phone call. <laughs> you, this is the best performance not by female, but by anyone I've seen in such a long time. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I mean, me I, blush. I, I, I mean that because, like, when when great writing meets a great actress and a great showrunner, like it, it just elevates to a thing that just it's so rare in this business, particularly now with like there's a new there's ten new TV shows every hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's just like Jesus Christ, calm down, give me a second to catch up and. When I wanted watching you in this, it was just like I, I couldn't stop. I enjoyed every Aww. moment. And it's also just like, you know, I, I can only imagine what it's like as a female and, and let alone a female actress dealing with feminist issues in a, in a show that it like subverts it with, you know, the pornography angle and combines that all into one to just be this incredible voice of this great writing and to bring truth to it and make your own stamp on it. It's like, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I hope you realize how, I mean, I, I would give you every award if I could. You know, <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I really would. Like you're so good in this. And I, I, oh de- my God. <laughs> I demand more. I'm calling the HBO brass, you know, like I, I, I great. I, you, okay. You and me both. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, there, there has to be more. There has to be, you know, and I hope so. I mean, I feel like there's, did you, did you, I, I don't mean to, it. I don't, I'm not trying to reveal your own ego, but did you feel it while you were doing it? Did you know, did you know that it was this incredible? I mean, you said the audition, you know, but I feel did, did like you know what that it was a good show. That it was a great show. I it felt all of us whenever we'd be doing a scene together, we'd kind of be looking at each other. It felt so good doing it, and it felt because obviously it was off the back of you know the pandemic. Everyone was just so grateful to be there, and everyone was just putting that all into this, and it was just. It was so much fun being on that set that I just thought this, we cut this, surely we've got to do more of this. Like, this is too good to not do this again. But you just, as you said, it's quite, you know, it's quite a nuanced, quite a niche um, kind of idea. We just thought, right, we hope that people, this is going to land with people in the way that we want it to. But yeah. the fact that it is marrying feminism but in a way that's 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 funny that's not too kind of like dour and is this going to land with people are people going to find it funny but also hear the feminist message the counter it makes you think about it more you actually you actually explore it it versus if it were like a heavy-handed you know dogmatic tone you know exactly well initially i think i think initially it was pitched as a one-hour drama i think back in a few years ago and then um ellen sort of evolved into a half-hour comedy but it's it, it is more effective this way. Um, so yeah, it felt good doing it. It felt, felt really good. You'd, you know, when you'd be playing around all these great guest stars that we'd have and these incredible storylines yeah. for the different characters, no one, no one was kind of neglected. You thought, oh, surely people were like this. Surely people will kind of find a place in their hearts for this, for this show. Um, but yeah, if it's, it's, it, I, uh, I would, I hope, I feel like there is scope to do more. So I just, I hope. I hope, uh, yeah, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm, bu- I'm bemoaning right now, you know, and it's, it's, it's so <laughs> great, you know, and how does it feel now? You know, we were just talking earlier about theater, you know, you get live feedback with this, you got to wait a year. So how has it been now living in the glory of it, it, it finally finishing its hair and, and living with people? Gosh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I've got to tell you, there's, you know, I want to answer this honestly, but without sounding like a complete goofball. But it's it's just been so lovely. It just, you you know you you know you you like it. The people you've been working with, you know, like it. But then to see people kind of posting pictures of, of the billboards and kind of you know making gifts. Oh my god, we've all been all of the fellow cast members all been texting each other gifts. Going, oh my god, look, we're a gift. <laughs> we've been so uncool about it, and just and just people's genuine responses to it have been so lovely. We're getting so many messages from people just on Instagram picking out their favorite lines or the fact that they even have favorite lines you think oh my god it sounds so cheesy it really does I'm so aware that I sound like such a cheese ball but going back to that 10 year old living on a housing estate you know we were so skin and just thinking if I could kind of say to her you're going to be doing a show in LA like this is you keep going like don't give up it's fine just you know keep going (laughs) you just it's it's really lovely to see that. I mean, that sounds so cheesy, but no. order those shitty actors be... in LA that are like, you'll never be elite. You know what I mean? You just <laughs> you fuck you. I did it. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said it, not you. <laughs> 
That's amazing. And I, I really, you know, I, I love the ride and I'm, I'm more is coming and, you know, I got to get you on to yeah, the next well. one. So a few final questions here. Okay. A, you know, we kind of already said, hopefully the next one, but what else is in store for you? Well, the next thing that's coming out actually is, is a show about Boris Johnson, our prime minister and his wow. handling or mishandling, however you want to call it, of the pandemic. Um, so that's the next thing that's coming out, which is which couldn't be more different for Minx in every yeah. way. Um, so again, that's going to be very curious to see how people respond to that one. Um, but but other than that, it's just I think it's going to be hard choosing something that that's going to get you as excited. You know, you yeah. want to try and find. I mean, I'd love a theatre would be love would be amazing, but I'm always so. I don't kind of choose, right, next it's got to be a play or next it's got to be a dramatic film or yeah. anything. I just, it, it's responding to the material. And then, and sometimes you might get several things sent through and you just think, I'm just not, just not connecting with this. And I really feel like I ought to, I ought to connect with it. Um, so I'm going to say no, which is so scary when, it, you know, it's when it's in lieu of something, of nothing else. But I do think, you like we were saying earlier about being selective I think that comes with with age maybe just sort of trusting yeah. yourself a bit and knowing what you like and knowing you know what I don't I think you've played this part before maybe you don't need to revisit this you know it's just so I don't know I, there's lots of yeah. things kind of lots of things in the ether but T- I'm not, TBD I as they say to be determined TBD, TBD, yeah TBD. yeah I love that um and I know this one is, is, is a deep question, so I apologize in advance, but, you oh. know, to the, to the young Ophelia and to all the young actors out there, you know, particularly you in, in the housing state, going back and, and to be able to give yourself advice or to give, you know, people listening right now advice that there's been a pandemic, you know, they maybe just started a job finally again now that the world is opening back up and, you know, are in that acting class and people are like, you'll never be a lead. And there is so much television, but it's so hard to get an audition. It's so hard to get rep. You know, any advice you would have as someone who's done this for so long now? You know, the only advice I would have is, this sounds really oversimplistic, but just do not give up under any circumstances. Do not give up because the moment you give up, you're ending it. If you keep going, it will happen. It, my mum always said to me, the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people, however you want to define that, is that the successful ones don't give up. You just keep going. You keep on trucking. And I mean, it's just so basic. There's no magic wand. There's no, oh, if I dye my hair or if I if I kind of lose loads of weight or if or I... Or if I choose this, this role do that. and do this path. Or if I choose, yeah, it, yeah. It's just... Yeah. You could try and model yourself on one actor and think, oh, well, they did this and like study exactly their choices over the last few years, check every single IMDb entry, read everything. And you don't know what, you don't know how edited that is. You don't know what that person's allowed to be out there. You don't know the disappointments that that person has had in their own life. Just, yeah. I think try, it's like, what you know, you never see a sprinter checking the runners either yeah. side of them. As soon as they do that, they fall back and they lose. And I think even in that Baz Luhrmann song, Wear Sunscreen, it says, sometimes you're ahead, you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long. Just keep going. You will get there. Love you that. will get there. Appreciate that. Needed to hear that myself. 
Um, Celia. <laughs> just listen, listen to the Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I, I listen to it all the time. I'm just like, yeah, it's true. This was incredible. You're amazing. Thank you for doing this. Sorry about the internet Aww. issues. Come back. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> come, come back sometime soon, please. I'd love to. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to, I'd I love to love dig to. deeper. I am wishing you a beautiful wedding and this meant everything. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. That's so nice. It's so lovely to talk to you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. TBC, to be continued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah TBC. TBD Bye. and TBC. <laughs> so much love, Julia. Thank you. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.